The first Mishnah has a fundamental, grounded, truthful basis. It's not just some philosophers sat down and came up with ethics. This, what we are going to learn here in Ovis, is the core, which comes from Sinai. And he starts off, Moshe Kibbal Torah is Sinai. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. That's where it all begins. If a person denies this fact of Moshe Kibbal Torah is Sinai, then that's not a Jew. This is the ABC. Everything is based on this principle. Now I want to share with you a very deep thought over here. Because afterwards it says here, Masorah Yehoshua gave it to his student Yehoshua. And we see further, everything is recorded and nobody made anything up. We have a documentation. How the Torah has been passed down how the Torah has been delivered, how we have received it, who are our teachers, who gave us what. Everything is documented yearly, by the year. There is a whole Sefer called Sefer Hadoros, which records everything generation to generation. We know how our heritage, we know how our teachings, we know how our laws we know how everything was established to the minutest detail. And that's very, very important to know. The Moshe got it from Sinai. He gave it to Yeshua. Yeshua gave it to the Sekanim, to the elders. The elders gave it to the Levim, to the prophets. The prophets gave it to the Levim, Israel, They gave it to the great assembly. My father, blessed memory, said to me that he has a proof that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. And he said like this, We know that every human being, every father, before he passes on, has a will. And when he writes his will, who does he usually write his will to? He writes his will to his children. That's what a father does. He passes on his things to his children. It's very odd over here. It says here, Moshe Kibbutz is Sinai, and he gave it to Yehoshua. And the question is, why did he give it to Yeshua, to his student? Why didn't he give it to Gershon and Eliezer, to his sons? And the answer is, he said, what you make up yourself, what you author yourself and invent yourself, that's your possession that you give to your children. But what you didn't author and you didn't make up yourself, that you don't give to your children. And that's why it says, Moshe Kibel Tarmasinai. He didn't make it up. He received it. Because he received it. So then, the Yeshua, he gave it to Yeshua, to his student. This is a very, very important fact that we have to remember. So, when we go to Yeshua, we're talking a next generation. Aaron was of Moses' generation. And when Moses came down, he taught the Torah to his generation, of whom Aaron was part of that generation. But when we start to move on now to who took over the mantle of leadership after Moshe, so that's what they're referring to, Messiah Yeshua. We see throughout the Torah that Moshe would tell Aaron when you learn the Torah. You see many times throughout the Torah it says, Vayomar Kimel Moshe, and he said, Daber el Aharon, speak to Aharon, or speak to the Jewish people. So Moses was 
a messenger of God. He was a median between God and the people. The reason the people were able to experience God is because they constantly saw that there was a discussion between God and Moshe. Whenever there was a question, Moshe would seek an answer from Hashem. Whenever the people complained when they weren't supposed to complain, Moses brought their complaints to God. There was a living God. It wasn't just in Sinai. It was a living, living God that they constantly experienced all the time. And Moses would say, Tomorrow you will know. We see that throughout. So it was an unbelievable thing. That's why the prophets say what the maiden saw at the splitting of the sea. The great prophet Yechezkel Bambuzi did not see all his life. I mentioned once, Yeskel Bambuzi, he saw the chariots, he saw Masahamar Kova, and the maiden at the sea saw more than him. So we can't even comprehend what does that mean. The rabbis call the generation of the Midbar, Dordeo, the generation of knowledge. That means the knowledge of Hashem was absolute. When we talk about knowing God, that was the absolute knowing because they lived it, they experienced it, they saw it, they received it, they heard it, they felt it, they felt the protection, they felt the sustenance, they felt everything. They were a godly nation, they were surrounded by God. Forty years in the desert, it was plowed into them, they were purified for forty years. This was baked in. They went through a purification process, a purification system, before they entered into the Holy Land. And throughout that period, they came to understand what it means to honor God's Word and listen. And they also came to understand what does it mean not to honor God's Word and not to listen. And we see that whole generation didn't go into the Holy Land, and only their children. So when they finally came into the Holy Land, they were creme de la creme. And that's something that we have to be proud of and understand. We come from creme de la creme. You know, we see today we live in a world that a lot of Jews are ashamed to be a Jew. Ashamed to be called a Jew. And I say I'm proud to be a Jew. It's a badge of honor. And that has to translate. When you feel that, then it has to translate that everything I do in my service as a Jew is an honor, it's a privilege, it's an opportunity to be part of the king's nation and to serve him. That's the way I look at it. I don't feel anything that I do is a burden on me. Nothing is a burden. It's something that I love because I feel connected to Hashem when I do. When I daven, when I do a mitzvah, when I study Torah, when I write something of value. It's all special. It's all special. There's a Messiah. There's a tradition that was given over. Moshe got it. From Sinai, he gave it to Yeshua. Yeshua gave it to the elders. The elders gave it to the prophets. The prophets gave it to the Anshe Knesset Hagdola, the sages of the great assembly. They said three things. I mean, they said a lot more than three things. But these three things that they said seem to be very, very important. One is heaven Masunim Badin, that when you are involved in judging, don't judge quickly. Take it easy. Delve in. Look at all the sides. Try to figure out all the reasons why. What's the cause of the action? What are the results? If you're hasty, you can never 
get to the clarity. I, I remember once one of the great sages, Rav Shalom Shvadron, he said three words in Hebrew. Sechar hamihirut charata. The reward for haste is regret. This is what the sages are saying. I remember my father, blessed memory. Any time a decision had to be made, he used to say a Jewish expression, Don't hurry too much, my dear child. That's what he would say it. My child, don't be hasty. Stop to think. God gave us the ability to think. The Muslims form talk very much about this. The most of the sins that we do is because there's a lack of thinking. We don't think. We don't spend time to think. We don't think before. We do. We just do. And it's very, very important to meditate. Meditation is spoken about very much in the ethical books. To stop and think. But if you're in a rat race, you can't catch up to yourself. So how are you going to stop and think? So that's what it means, have a Muslim Badin. When you reach out to Hashem, say, Hashem, help me. You just surrendered a lot of your ego. And then he can enter, and then sometimes you see in a flash, Oh, I got it! I got it! I'm studying now, Derech Eitzachayim. And he talks a lot about the main reason we sin is because we don't stop to think, and we don't stop to think because we are being bombarded by everything that's around us. And they said it even then. So imagine if they said it then, what the challenge is today. Imagine he's writing this 300, 400 years ago. 